0: Okay, this is Everyday Ordinary. The special today is that my wife is here, and she is my first real neighbor, maybe. I don't know it's if weird. that's true. <laughs> no, the, the reality is is that um, we met in a weird way, and that's where we're going to start today. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, you don't... <laughs> so she's here to hang out, but I, I think oftentimes people hear my, my voice and, and my thoughts on our life Um, But she doesn't get to speak into that. So I wanted her to be able to speak into that because she usually has a more detailed story than I do. Is that correct?
1: Yes, absolutely. And
0: so I just wanted to be able to uh, be—I want people to to see us interact. I wanted them to hear our stories, and I wanted them to know that this is just kind of—this is who we are, and it's nothing— Spectacular. In fact, you, you didn't realize that we were going to be on film today, and so...
1: No. So I came from helping friends move, and I'm ready to go to my workout class after this. No makeup on. It's I do fun. have mascara.
0: But. It's fine. You're beautiful. So here's the deal. So I was 18, you were 17. Let's just get right into it. And I was part of a band uh, that was going to play at our graduation, you were.
1: I was miming for a. Um, I just want to make sure everybody heard relay, that. Can you say that one more time. Yeah, I was miming.
0: Yeah, you were doing that thing. Yep, yep, you were doing that.
1: Um, for a Relay for Life cancer marathon through my um Mime Time Ministry. For those of you in the area, you may know me. I was famous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you were the most famous mime of them all. Um, And so I went to this free concert at Northside High School, which is really why I was there. It was a walk for cancer. I was shallow. Um, Me and our our bandmates went there instead of practicing that that morning. And we get there, and there's these mimes dressed up all over, which we haven't really seen. Like, that's a movie thing. Uh, And there's Mandy, this beautiful curly hair, bright blue eyes with mime paint on. So she thinks it was a, a pickup line. It was really just noting the facts. You were flirting. I could you have were been. but I definitely flirting. But I, how do you know that I was flirting?
1: I mean, you walk by and I'm talking to my friend who's putting my makeup on and he's like, hey, I didn't think mimes were supposed to talk.
0: <laughs> so I, I did say that. And then you kind of did this little, little thing. I did not. Yeah, do you that. actually did that. You did do that. Okay. And then I walked around the track and, um, I came back around to where the stage was and your, your group was there and you guys were singing father, I adore you in acapella and I could hear your voice. And I was like, man, this is beautiful. Um, I wonder what, what her story is, uh, you know, a little deeper than the mime paint, what was really going on underneath. And, uh, and then it got weird a little bit. Your your youth leader started dancing with me, and um, <laughs> it was it was different, right? Yeah. And um, and then my friend said we had to leave, and so I didn't. Guys uh, out there, I didn't know what to do because we had to leave, and they were my ride. In fact, Corey Waldron, if you ever hear this, uh, you know I knew you were telling me we had to leave, so I was trying to get out of there as fast as possible. So I went up to this other mime. And I said, "Hey, that girl over there. She was singing, my paint on. She seems to love Jesus, uh, and that would be sweet if we could meet." So I wrote my phone number and name on her forearm. Um,
1: this was my sister Sarah, who had a crush on this guy who came up to her.
0: <laughs> and so um, you're welcome, Sarah. Yeah, you're welcome, Sarah. So she yeah. didn't shower for three days. Uh, and, and the phone number and my name was still on her forearm. And then you called me after your mom saying, that's not what should be happening, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, you, you called me, we talked for like three hours. We both said that we weren't really chasing relationships. For me, uh, I was going into Bible school and really didn't know, you know, I just knew what I was supposed to do, but I didn't know how... Uh, a girlfriend or a future wife would fit into that at the point that I was in and also just was like trying to pursue Jesus hard you were also trying to pursue him mm-hmm. um, clearly but you were coming from a lot of pain mm-hmm. um and I think most people they've seen our life from a stage from singing from teaching from leading but they haven't really realized you know our stories are are different but also like, there's heaviness to it you were you were coming out of a place um maybe you can sp- explain that just a little bit of where you were coming from at that yeah, time yeah i mean
1: i was just um had been dating a guy that was from my elementary school years and we had reconnected in high school and really not any future in mind with him or anything it was just kind of like we were together and didn't really know why um and it was just, it was very shallow and very worldly, and um, I knew that he was not going to be in my near future with what I felt like the Lord was doing in my heart. Um, he didn't know the Lord, and I was, I had been saved, but just running from the Lord. And so, uh, the Lord had been working in my heart, so I knew I had to end it with Him. So. Yeah,
0: and I think, you know, we were, we started dating a couple weeks later. Um, you came to my graduation party. I told my grandmother in the driveway that you're going to be my future wife. Um, you got to meet my whole family and
1: also, I just want to add, um, I like, I, any guy like you, um, in my past, I just never, there were a couple guys that loved Jesus and were very outspoken about it in school. And, um, I thought they were great, um, but I just never was attracted to them. Um, just had this idea in my mind that they were not going to be my type. Um, and I think that's pretty important because.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, you you ran pretty hard first season. Yeah. And, and I was um, the kid most likely to become a monk or um, most angelic by my high school. That's what they voted me for. And reality was I wasn't, great either. I was self-righteous and whatnot. Um,
1: but you certainly weren't looking for girls like me either.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I, um, I didn't know what to do with girls like you at the time. Um, because I knew it would get me into trouble that I wasn't willing to wade into, but I remember us driving down the road, going over some railroad tracks and, um, having to define for each other what kind of relationship we were going to have. And mm-hmm. your view was that guys take, mm-hmm. and my view was that guys give. And um, and so we were trying to figure out what, is, what does a relationship look like under Jesus, um, but also that looks like Jesus's love. And that was hard for a few months. Mm-hmm. In fact, we um, we broke up, you know, um, that was a big moment for us. I, I called you from college and said, like, can't can't keep doing this and um
1: and then, and then I, I broke up with you and for then you like bre- a day.
0: <laughs> you broke up with me twice for a day. I did. Yeah. You you had friends that would tell you that I wasn't moving fast enough. Yeah. Um and then and then uh <laughs> I'd be like this is foolish What are you doing? And you're like, "Oh yeah, that's right." But um we dated and we you know what was really beautiful is we we started serving with each other alongside each other from the beginning and so while there was us learning how to be together and to try to be above reproach and and love each other better and better we got to serve together from the beginning and i remember we would we would be like in your bedroom and i'd have a guitar and mm-hmm. we'd write a song and then we'd write another song and then we'd write another song and and so we started leading worship together which became this really sweet place meeting place for you and i where you would sing and I would play, and um, and I got to like stand beside you and behind you because a lot of times when we'd walk into places, you're standing beside me or behind me, and and so it was a really sweet place for us to like roll switch and and serve one another in beautiful ways, and um, and so I remember I, I worked for my dad's business at the time during the summer, and a guy walked up to me and handed me two thousand dollars. He said, "Hey, you need to go make an album." with your future wife and so we started recording an album. And uh man, sometimes you wish you could take that album back, you know, cuz we Well,
1: and you did. You found it on eBay not too I long did. ago. I did. It was $25 and
0: for the a guy relic. sold
1: it back to us even though it was our album.
0: Uh yeah, it was our album and it <laughs> for was
1: For 25
0: bucks. <laughs> $25 because we uh we're old now and so it was a relic from the early 2000s I I found and uh, so we started writing and recording and serving in a local church, and it wasn't it wasn't easy. Uh, I think about that time we you know we had Eden, and then about 13 months later we had Lige, and we were living on about 24 to 26 thousand dollars a year. Um, I remember one of the first miracles we experienced was we didn't have money to pay our our, our house payment, and and I was like, babe, I can't. It's like $475 or something like that, $468. And I'm like, babe, we don't have the money. And um, you cleaned out your Wait, purse. It,
1: look, are you throwing <laughs> me under the bus right now? It's
0: going to happen. Just <laughs> let it happen. You can say how it happened. Go ahead. Know what happened.
1: So I don't even know what possessed me to clean out my purse on the kitchen countertop around, around, around that, that time frame. But I dumped my purse out. And wadded up at the bottom of my purse. We call it my Mary Poppins bag. To this day, I've got a huge diaper bag that I carry around as a purse. And um, at the bottom wadded up was our security deposit from our previous apartment um, for like 500 bucks. And it was three months old. So I, (laughs) three or six months old. It was like old. So I had to call the landlord, the former landlord, and ask him if he could like you know, write us a new one. Mm. So and it's we were, timely.
0: And it happened a couple of times where there was checks in the in the mailbox. And um, there was times where you'd have to call me and say, can I get underwear for the kids or whatnot? We were we were in a harder spot financially early in the days. And yet there was um, there was the other side of this where I was overcommitted to the church and to people. And around 24, 25, you're like, hey, I didn't sign up to be your roommate. Mm -hmm. You know, and you had to remind me that we were were more than just serving together and we were not just playing music together and not just raising kids together, but we were like one and Mm -hmm. it was beautiful. And I remember you telling me that you're going to tell the pastor if I didn't wake up and I was like, no, whatever you want to do, he's scary. And I
1: think I still called him, though. You could have. I think early on you weren't thinking I was serious. So I called him behind your back.
0: Yeah, and and again, we're coming out of two different family dynamics and how we respond we're s- to each other. So young, and you know, Eden uh, trying to figure out how to be parents and Elijah how to be parents to a little boy that was climbing things like monkeys, and um, there was yelling and there was mm-hmm. anger, and yet the Lord kept us close. It was weird, right? And mm-hmm. um, we didn't really have many nights where we. We didn't reconcile before the night was over. And, um, I always tell people even today he's protected us. Like we could be a statistic cause the rest of the story gets beautiful and hard at the same time. And so, um uh, we served in this local church with a lot of friends and new friends, people in hard spots and, um, our pastor that was our mentor and our friend. And, and then, uh, I don't know if there's anything else in the mid-20s other than we just we just served. We served a lot. And new new kids were living in our house. People were living in our house. There was seemingly somebody always kind of needing a space, especially kids uh, with broken homes. And so we had kids in our home and we did way more than we should have, but there was a lot of times where I, I wouldn't take it back because we were just trying to be faithful. And then around um we, I was 27 and you were 26 and I've been praying quietly like something's changing and so I asked god like to kick us out of fort Wayne or put us in concrete and um you know there was there was maybe some reasons for that we were we were having a lot of fun at northside high school and with some ministry with some skate kids and um but there was a sense that we were learning how to live a little bit more and more outside of our nine to five local church job and Sundays had taken a lot from us. We were there first and last. Eden was on the stage in a car seat one week after being born. And uh, and so we were all in together even when we didn't want to be. And so I started praying that and then a month later I was packing some bags. I don't know how well you remember this. I would love to hear what you say about this because I remember from a certain angle we were taking 10 kids on a trip from Northside, from hard spots, and uh, I was excited about it. These are kids that I'd been spending a lot of time with, and I was packing a bag to go on this trip. I was packed last minute. You were always packed ahead of time. And and so I, um, I heard the Lord just say, sell everything you own and follow me around the world. Go check your email. Your pastor's going to tell you. And so sure enough, I go over there and read a one page letter from my pastor who hadn't slept in three days and said, Hey man, haven't slept in three days. You need to sell everything you own and follow Jesus around the world. And I came and got you into our house on Crescent, and you came up, and all I remember about that moment is we laid on the bed and cried together because things were gonna change real fast. Do you remember anything else mm-hmm. about that? Mm-hmm. And so we took those kids on a trip and um, they got saved and it was beautiful. But then we had to come home and things started getting a little crazy um, when we got home from that trip because we only had one more trip and then we were going to go full time into this road life, whatever it was. And we'd never done anything remotely like that. So some of the things that started happening when we got home, Do you remember those things? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. um, Our furnace blew and, you know, we were like, wow, how are we going to sell this house with a furnace blown? And the guy who we had went on the youth trip with um, called Eric up like shortly after Mm -hmm. that and was like, hey, do you know anyone who needs a furnace? Getting rid of, or my dad's getting rid of, furnace, no, he had one or?
0: wrapped in his basement,
1: yeah. And he said, My dad, and Eric's like, Well, sure, yeah, we could, you know, our just broke, yeah. Um, and then he, Tom was like, My dad can come over and put it in for you,
0: yeah, just pay for the parts.
1: So and- that was that was crazy. We had a, a wet spot on our ceiling in our bedroom, and <laughs> you started poking at it one night, you're like, What's that? <laughs> And start poking at it. Finger goes through, and then ants just like parachute down from, and they're huge, like carpenter huge aunts, carpenter ants. Yeah. Uh, we took the air mattress downstairs that night because I was not going to sleep up in the bedroom. So I got some blue one,
0: dusty stuff that I sprayed up there, and it killed them all. Yeah, um,
1: probably would have killed us if we. Would but have yeah, stayed if we stayed up
0: there, we'd yeah. probably yeah been dead
1: but we also like, I remember being at church one Sunday and, um, talking to this guy, like just sitting there talking to him. And he was telling, uh, telling me that he wanted to, he was looking for a house to buy and it was going to be, he wanted to buy it by like Northrup, you know, that area, cold water area. And I was like, well, that's a shame. We're going to be selling our house soon. And he's like, where at? And I told him. And then next thing you know, he's interested in coming over to look at it and walked one time through and was like, where do I sign? You know? So that was, that was pretty crazy. We didn't have to, you know, go through a realtor or anything like that.
0: Well, then we went down to uh, Louisiana and Mississippi and we get a job offer.
1: And it was like gold. It was like shiny and
0: yeah, it was the opposite of what we were being asked to do. We were asked to sell everything and trust him and travel mm-hmm. the world, and now we're getting this job opportunity that and we're has getting money, money thrown at opportunity us, opportunity and our kids' schooling. Yeah, and um, I just remember sitting there and he's like,
1: "And we wanted it though. Like we wanted it. We were like right there." I
0: think you wanted it. I was.
1: I think you were. I think you were wanting it. I think you were wanting it, but I think what changed for both of us. Wouldn't you agree? Like we sat there.
0: Yeah. And he, he just started talking about my earrings and tattoos and, and then, um,
1: well, yeah. I mean, even, even after that though, like that stuff didn't bother me as much as like when he was like, so what do you make currently? And you told him and he said, oh, gosh, if I ever pay you that little, you can slap me in the face. And we both just kind of were like put off by that. But it was like, like a
0: thank you because you woke us back up. It clearly from
1: this. like a red flag, like, whoa, this guy doesn't get it.
0: Yeah, because we, we said, we told him, money doesn't move us. If God's telling us to do something, we're going to do it regardless yeah. of what the income looks like. Yeah. And I remember driving home calling my pastor, our pastor at the time. He's like, if you would have taken that job, I would have fired you on the spot. Like, Mm -hmm. what are you doing? And so we came home from that trip a little bit confused for a second there. Like, oh man, there's beautiful opportunity on the ocean.
1: Which think about that though. Like, I don't know that I've ever even, man, I just, I don't know that I've ever even thought about this until just this moment. But like, the lord was like sell everything and travel and i'll take care of you right mm-hmm. and then you receive that email from our pastor like i haven't been able to sleep for 3 nights i think you should sell everything and travel and then we go on this trip and we get offered so it's like satan right there is like hey how about don't this? go this
0: way go this way yeah, yeah I, I think you know we we were praying over that time and i remember we were down in Lafayette and we were at a prayer and worship meeting
1: mm-hmm.
0: And you really needed confirmation. Um, I was ready. I've always been, whatever you want, I, Lord, I'll go anywhere, do anything. You would be telling me when we were not engaged early on, like, I'm not leaving Fort Wayne. Mm-hmm. We're not going to travel. We're <laughs> going to stay right on here. And I'm like, uh-oh. And <laughs> and f- we you know, we did travel. We went to Costa Rica and Mexico and served uh, with youth group and, and friends. But actually leaving everything to follow... What was in front of us was was a whole concept that, that you weren't even thinking of. And mm-hmm. so I remember at this prayer meeting and people would stand up and read scripture. And this woman stood up and read Isaiah 30, 21 and just said, hey, you'll hear a voice from behind you saying this is the way to go, whether to the right or the left. Mm-hmm. And you dropped, mm-hmm. you hit your face and you're like, okay, I'm in. You've already told us what to do. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it was a few weeks after that, you know. We got Clifford the Red Van.
1: Mm-hmm. Our
0: kids missed that van. You know, the seats are electric in the back and lay all the way down. And um,
1: it's got a velvet curtain. <laughs> velvet, <I think>.
0: velvet, <laughs> velvet cur- curtain. Yeah, it was older. I think it was like a 2000, no, like a it, 2002 or something yeah. like that. And so we we hand the keys off to this fella. We're getting two months more of support from our church of our salary, my salary, and then it's six hundred dollars a month after that. And we don't—we've never toured, we've never left the Midwest playing music. We were going by faith, and
1: and didn't we record a second album at that point? Was that
0: we had done a, an album with Lynn, yeah, and that's where we started hanging out with Landon Bailey. Yeah. In fact, we want him to be here for this, but I think it's better for yeah, you Landon, and Yeah, where are you? Yeah, he's he's in uh, Muncie right Landon now. and I'd
1: be singing Awesome God in the Key of C yeah, for the you. The Key if, of
0: C. Yes, that, that's a whole other Or story screaming down like down fly road. leaf for you yes. if you
1: were here. But You can try it was. right now. Do you want to do that? No.
0: Okay, so um, we packed our kids. Uh, we remember our family going, what are you guys doing? Mm-hmm. Like who's going to take care of your two and three-year-old? Mm-hmm. And one of our prayers was they wouldn't be luggage. they They would actually be part of the the family, not only part of the family, but part of the ministry. And the Lord blew us out of the water with all of that. But I remember family asking us, like, who's gonna take care of your kids? And we was like, Jesus is good. He's really good at taking care of people. And so we got in this van and I think we went to Ohio and St. Mary's, Ohio was our first stop. Mm-hmm. And we needed we knew we needed more room because we had more people. So Landon is with us and another young man named Chris was with us and they were helping maintain and manage the craziness of the kids. Um, our first stop, we realized maybe it was Toledo that Elijah was a hot mess of energy and he was climbing everywhere. And we knew that, but but, these young guys
1: were being introduced.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like Welcome to the firestorm. And, um, And so we get to to St. Mary's, though, and we knew we needed a trailer. And this church goes, hey, we were praying for you. Do you need a trailer? We're like, yeah, that would be incredible as we add people and uh, figure out what we're doing and save room in the van. And so we walk outside, and it it was the same maroon color Mm -hmm. as our van. And they're like, it's yours as long as you need it. And so we take this trailer, and we go up to – Philadelphia and New England and the Finger Lakes in New York. And man, we just, ha- we have this beautiful time playing music and recording mm-hmm. an album with our friends in Westbrook and Portland and Wyndham, uh, Maine and begin falling a little bit in love with the New England world, the Maine world.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, we kind of, we do our little tour and then we we come back home and we decide to go South. And so we're playing music all over the South. But the, the funny thing was, was that we only went where we were invited and we would only go with the reality that we weren't going to charge money. We we're going to trust the Lord to take care of us. So, you know, whatever, whatever you feel like. So
1: pray and obey.
0: Yeah. And so we get to Huntsville, Alabama and our, our checking account is zero. And I'm angry. And we're on E. Yeah, it, all of it is happening right then. And we're only a couple months into this season.
1: And the church that we're visiting, and we've got our, our CDs, you know, that we I think we were saying suggested donation of $10 and giving $5 of each CD to my brother and sister's orphanage in Ethiopia. Um, so we were really, really trusting the Lord. And... um. The church we were visiting that weekend was like maybe what 480 strong. Yeah, and we were going to do a Friday night concert, and like we're not well known. It's not like we're these famous people. So, um, what 20 people showed up at this concert? Probably. Yeah, it was. It was and we're like, crap, man, this is gonna.
0: Yeah, it was one of those moments where like, is, God, what what is going on? We don't have the cash to live this kind of life. Yeah, and. We play some music, some worship, and we get done, and the pastor comes up and hands us like a $750 check. Yeah. And we're like, oh, yeah, everything's going to be okay. And things get crazier after all of that. We play down south further and play, you know, along the coastline, the east coastline, and then get back up to Maine. And we we hear about another couple in California doing the same thing. So we talk with them and pray with them and say, Hey, why don't we just join, join up. And so I flew up over to California over Christmas and we were $10,000 in debt at that time. And this is the beginning of where it just gets out of control this whole season. And we need to bounce back well during this one because it's, it's so miraculous. I forget details, forget parts of the story. You're here for that. But we, um, by the way, it's probably good. You didn't wear makeup. Just saying without about where we're going to go here. And so we, uh, I'm there and they, the, this family gives me a Christmas card that says, Jesus has paid your debt. I said, don't open it until you get on the plane. I get on the plane and, um, buckled in and opened up this card. And, and this card was $10,007.77 check. And they didn't know our debt. They didn't know how much. And all of a sudden this debt's been paid. And um, I called Mandy and I was like, you'll never believe it. And then I fly to Phoenix and my sister-in-law is sitting at the same gate as me. And I get to share with her, um, my future sister-in-law, I believe at the time, mm-hmm. I get to share with her like, Jesus' provision and his protection and his love and we get, I get on the plane and there's only one seat left and it's next to her and I get to sit with her and for the first time hear her story and get to know her and share with her just the beauty of what's happening so we come home and then we we decide that we're going to do a small tour in the east but then we're going to go out and live in California, and.
1: With this couple. And With their this couple and our friend Chris and our friend in a Landon trailer and our park two kids. In California.
0: And then there was going to be other people there and it was going <laughs> to be communal. Um, about two, three blocks away from Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. And so we get there. It's a beautiful trailer, mm-hmm. um, like a double wide trailer. And um, we start meshing and matching and figuring out life and these two married couples and all these young men and our two kids and uh, start playing music up and down the coast. And then we decide that um, we're going to do an international tour and the, we're going to go to Hawaii and the Philippines and England and Austria and back to England and then to America and finish up in new England and come back to Fort Wayne. And the only issue was we had $0. Well,
1: we had guaranteed $600 Sorry, a month.
0: Sorry,
1: $600. And there were now, we had added people to our team. So there, there were, were now 12. 12 of us.
0: Yeah. And yeah. so we, uh, we go and pray, and we're just like, Jesus, if this is you.
1: And this was when, so like this was like where, so the other band's name was Take No Glory, and this was kind of where we really... That started becoming our prayer. Like, Lord, we want your fingerprints to be all over what we do so that nobody makes a mistake of where the blessings are coming from, so that nobody can say, wow, they made this happen. Um, but that literally the Lord is doing it all. Um, and we can just step back and be in awe ourselves. So,
0: yeah, so we pray and say, hey, Lord, we have to have tickets bought by tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And you know that. And if this is what you want us to do, would you please provide? And so, like clockwork, the next day, um, our friends get a tax return that's almost twenty five thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and then you get a call from your grandmother saying, "Hey, your grandfather's left you twenty five thousand mm-hmm. dollars," and all of a sudden we have enough money to buy the plane tickets and more, and and to then some pay some debt, and then to be sent off, and. So we bought the plane tickets. We also,
1: years before that, had learned this prayer, like, Lord, make it idiot proof. And I still say that to this day, like, Lord, make this clear and idiot proof. And and that's what he did.
0: There's a lot of craziness that happened way before this. Mm -hmm. Miracles and God showing up and providing for us. Um, But this kind of we we say about this season of our marriage and our family is we had heard about you but now we've seen you mm-hmm. as job's job's cry out to the lord and so we go to LAX with 12 people and like 50 bags we're so novice in this traveling life and we've got some car seats for our kids so that we have car seats when <laughs> we travel the world most of the world doesn't use car seats and this this lady from Hawaii, hawaiian airlines comes up and she said, hey, everything's all good. I'll take care of your bags. You guys just go check in. God bless you. She wiped probably about $3,000 of overage fees. We didn't understand it. We just said, sure. Mm-hmm. We get on. Uh, we f- we fly to Hawaii. I think by the time we got there, we had a 15-passenger van for us. Like
1: the The time we landed, we got a call.
0: And we rented a <laughs> van. So, or somebody gave us a mm-hmm. rental for the whole The pastor six weeks. was
1: gone for, yeah.
0: Yeah, so we had two vehicles by the time we landed and two condos for all of us and three condos, actually. We were in three places. And a lot of times you'll hear this. We didn't know where we were staying, how we were paying for our food or gas before we actually got to the place, which, man, I hope that when you're listening to this, I mean, we're gonna leave out a lot of details because we just don't have the time to to do this and hopefully as we get older we can keep unpacking this cuz we really want our kids and our kids kids to have this as a as a a, rem- a reminder of God's faithfulness when we forget. And so we fly to Hawaii, we get into our spots and a couple people were coming behind the other couple. And they go to the airport and they go, "Hey, our friends just flew out. They had all these this gear and it was overage fees and you guys wiped it. Can we talk to this manager?" And the guy goes, number one, that's illegal. Number two, who is the supervisor? Number three, we don't have a female supervisor. She doesn't exist. And so this was the beginning of just some crazy stuff that started happening to where when we get to Hawaii, you know, we've got all these people that have really not spent more than a few months together. We're trying to figure out how to be a band, (laughs) how to be more than an acoustic duo with me, you, and Landon. And, uh and really just figure this out. And so some of the beautiful parts of it was we probably played three nights a week, but most of the time we were on the beach or in the pool with our kids. And after a lot of years of ministry on Sunday and through the week that overextended us, it was really refreshing. I mean, the kids would go down and kiss these dolphins at the bottom of the pool every day, multiple times a day. And then we'd go Swim with sea turtles, and you and I would go snorkel into these open, vast spots of beautiful fish, and uh, it, it was really beautiful for a family that had been rushing around for a really long time. Though we did have like this one night where all these bugs got into our room and y- you- went
1: around with the vacuum hose and sucked them all up.
0: <laughs> we were on Micah and Bay. we woke up
1: every morning to guys playing banjos, smoking pot, and their weed smoke rising to our balcony. We were greeted with this skunk yes. smell at yeah. 4 a.m. Yeah, it was good. Love the music,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, people be surfing out there, and um, and so during the time we were there, we met another family, the Vieira family, and there were seven of them, and boy, it was a big old bass player, and man of faith, and uh, Elena and their kids were just this beautiful people and he played big old bass and we needed a bass player and so he started playing the island with us and it just filled in this hole that we didn't have an answer for without one of us giving up our guitar for bass and so a couple things happened on that island maybe two or three things happened on that island that were pretty incredible one was Landon got really sick um
1: At a youth event one night.
0: Yeah, we were in front of, I don't know, a couple hundred kids. And uh, some of our team comes in and says, hey, Landon's really sick. We need to take him to the ER. He had literally a a very serious illness. And uh, our kids were sleeping in the hallway at the time. And I just remember hearing the Lord say, like, and I'll say this lightly, my friends, like this was just one of those seasons where it was very clear what he was saying You need to get all the leaders in the room to pray with these kids. I'm going to show them that I'm real. Go get the elders or the leader, the other leaders that are left and take them out to the van and lay hands on Landon. So we were in such a place of confidence. Like if this is what he's saying, he's going to do this. And there was no explanation. It was faith. And so we go out to this van, Landon's in the fetal position. Um, with a mullet and some board shorts. And we kind of stand there and we all pray, but you and I have to go back and check on the kids. And do you remember what happened when we were walking yeah, back?
1: when we were walking back from checking on the kids, I just opened up to Eric and I was like, I feel like I, sh- I was supposed to thank God ahead of time for what he was going to do with Landon. And I didn't, because I'm scared and I didn't want to be too bold. And Eric, you said, well, I felt like I was supposed to say, Landon, in the name of Jesus, get up. And um, so we both realized we had missed our cues. So when we came back, it was our opportunity then to kind of repent and say, Lord, forgive us for not obeying what we felt like you were saying to us. And and I went ahead and thanked the Lord for healing Landon ahead of time, and then you said, "Hey, bud, why don't you get up?" Yeah, and, and uh, he stood up and, yeah,
0: and even I'm, jumped. I'm telling <laughs> you, know, he, he was having a check to see if his body was okay. He had yeah. um, a real serious hernia that, mm-hmm. that was turned into a very serious problem. And um, he can tell that story another time. But he had to jump around to see if it was better, and it was literally no more complications on that trip with that. And went in and pl- we led music for these kids, and God showed them who he yeah. was and it was gorgeous and and then no time we we asked the Vieira family, if they go on the rest of the road with us, there's seven people, nobody has any money. And they don't we're, have
1: passports. They
0: don't have passports. And we're like, you guys are oh, supposed-? and they
1: have jobs. And they have like, that's the thing. they have it's
0: responsibilities. Like, yeah. And so we're like, you guys should go. But you, we feel like the Lord's telling you to go and and boy is getting mad. I mean, he's angry. God's not telling me to go. I'm not gonna do it. And then all of a sudden he has a dream and he's going, but they don't have money. We don't have money. They don't have passports. We don't have plane tickets for them. And so I was at a Bible study and getting to teach for the senior pastor of North Shore Christian Fellowship. And I here again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay for their passports tonight, but I can't have you. Don't ask for any money mm-hmm. so that you don't get any glory. Just watch. And so I continued to teach after the Bible study got over. Boy walks up to me with a thousand dollar check. He said, brother, you never believe it. And so there was a $1,000 check he was given to pay for his passports. But the issue was, even if he had money for the passports, he couldn't get them fast enough.
1: So, yeah, so they go in to check into how, you know, how they could get them expedited. And it was going to be something crazy like $1,800 to expedite. No, this is why Eric doesn't let me share because (laughs) I'm already messing the details up. So,
0: no, they needed... The passports, but the, to get expedited, the money was fine. But it was that they couldn't get them quick enough. Right. And so miraculously, it wasn't the eighteen hundred bucks yet. They get oh. two. They got them back though in two days. Okay. So then the issue was plane tickets. Oh, gotcha. And so yeah. we had already flown to the Philippines, and they had already packed their bags. They're like, we believe we're going to go, and so um, we get there, and some another brother and his wife have free plane tickets from Hawaiian Airlines for us, but the taxes are $1,800. And none of us have money again. And so we're praying in the Philippines and we decided to go check our bank account. And one of our family members had deposited $1,800 that day. So we were able to send it right over and pay for these taxes. And so now, I'm telling you this family had their bags packed, passports in their hand, no money, no plane tickets, just waiting, believing that God's gonna send them. And all of a sudden, we get the eighteen hundred dollars. We send it over, and they're on their way. In the meantime, we're in the Philippines in the city called Dumaguete, and it's a beautiful place. Um, playing in smaller areas and in bigger areas, and uh, I was praying with the other leader, Ian, at the time, and Mandy was with the kids. No, nope, oh, nope, yep, here nope, we go. Got sorry, you, you do you, it. Do you your totally thing. No, get, <laughs> I got. I knew when so. I started talking.
1: Yeah. No, so that ahead, morning, details. so we had been up to this point, like our life for the last several months had been like eat, sleep, drink, poop. Not really wow. poop. Sorry. Can I say that? Yeah, on you a can. Podcast? Yep. Eat, sleep, drink, do everything with these people, right? That we love dearly that we're traveling around the world with. But like, I was just having a moment. I think this is where I went from extrovert to introvert in this season of my life. Could be. Um, and you know, I've just got my little chicklings over here that I want to be with and my husband and I, and like, we would have breakfast every morning with these people and devotions. And so that morning I was like, Hey, can we just do devotions ourselves? Like just in our bedroom, the four of us. And so we read Psalm 34 through 37, didn't think anything of it. Um, great passages, you know and um and then Eric goes to pray with the other leader. I'm letting the kids play on the bunk bed um, and I'm kind of tidying up the room, and all of a sudden, our four year old daughter Eden, falls back off of the bunk bed onto her head, six feet up from six feet up high, um, onto the concrete floor and she didn't scream or anything right away she just she was kind of achy, and she's starting to like you know whimper a little. And, um, and then, and I'm just keeping an eye on her. And all of a sudden she starts to like turn white. And so I go and run and I tell Eric, and I'm like, babe, something Eden fell off the bunk bed. She's hit her head pretty hard. Um, she's not looking great. And so I think we just need a monitor. And there was a nurse on site and finally, eventually Eden started puking every 30 seconds. And her face was like pale white and lips were see-through. And we were like, okay, we've got to rush her to the hospital. So we get in this little whatever it was. pickup truck. Um, scary. Um, and rush to the hospital. And before they put you in the ER, they take you to this little clinic and... We're just sitting there. She's vomiting every 30 seconds. This doctor brings her back to evaluate her and assess her and comes back out and says she has a severe concussion with a possible hemorrhage to the brain. You need to get her to the ER right away. So we go bring her to the ER. She's strapped in this bed. Um, there's a little boy next to her, a few years older than her, who had been on the moped. They drive like seven people to a moped over there. Um, and apparently he was on the back of a moped and fell off and his face just skidded across the road. Um, so he was in pretty bad shape. So we were trying to keep her awake. She's wanting to f- fall asleep every second. We're putting ice on her belly. We're kind of tapping her on the face. And, um, Praying then over. we're like, Eden, you want to pray for this little boy? So she like stretches her weary hand across the curtain. She's like, Lord, be with this little boy, you know? And, um, but then in that moment, I remembered the, the passages that I didn't think twice about. Out earlier, remembered um, the Lord had given me memory for the one verse, and it was in somewhere in between Psalm 34 and 37, and it says, The righteous, the bones of the righteous shall not be broken. And I just remembered that and I was like, Man, Lord, you are good. And we just want to like, we trust you, you give, you take away. Um help us choose to say, Blessed be your name, regardless of what happens to our little girl. And, um, at that time, Eric goes back with with her
0: to the CT scan and they put a vest on me and they strap her down to the table and within, I'm not exactly sure how quick it was. She jumps her little, little four-year-old head up and she said, dad, Jesus, heal me. We should go home now.
1: And her demeanor changed. Everything
0: changed. The doctors ran in. They're like, what just happened? I mean, what? I said, what do you mean? She had blood on her brain. And now she doesn't. She's fine. Can we keep her for observation? And so um, we went upstairs. They didn't have any rooms for us. So they had a cot for us in the hallway. And I'm telling you that um, there's standing water in the bathrooms. Um, There were kids that were dying and very sick in every room screaming. And for the next 24 hours, Eden would color and make pictures for every one of those kids. And what was crazy is a couple days later, we're playing at this huge event. Boy and his family are there now. And um, about 700 people came to Jesus that night. And it was said that the churches doubled in the city and things changed. And so here we went from great tragedy to this incredible beauty. And meanwhile, Eden was fine. And she was with us in everything doing everything. In fact, while we were on the island, even before she fell, if you've seen our Facebook, there's little pictures of her little hands worshiping and singing. She would be in front of the kids sharing with them the joy of Jesus and singing worship songs and even convinced that she needed to speak and have an interpreter so that she could tell them that Jesus is their hiding place and was telling Liza that Jesus is his hiding place instead of Goliath. Who yeah, he wanted, he wanted to go to hell. He wanted to go to, to hell Goliath. and hang out with Liza, and he would and, say that in front of yeah. Sunday school classes. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, yeah, pastors' kids, and so, <laughs> um, and so, there was this beauty in seeing our kids ministering to people, to kids, and to be a part of what we were doing, and um, it was just super rich, especially after that experience, and so we end up leaving the Philippines to go to England. And so when we get to the airport, we're not just a few thousand dollars in overage fees because of the exchange at the time into pounds. And so we're about like seven, $8,000 in overage fees. We've got now 19 people with us and everybody's credit cards are, are no, no mas. And so we have no answers. And I just remember as clear as Mandy talking to me today, Uh, I'm going to change the scales. Watch this. And so I heard that. Then I looked at the team and I said, watch this, guys. It's going to get crazy. And I walked up there. I plopped Eden up on the counter, had her start handing out albums. I wasn't trying to manipulate at all. And so um, here we are in this foreign country in a place that doesn't often receive Christianity in Manila, uh, Philippines. And uh, this guy goes like, throw your heaviest piece of gear. So we had a keyboard. We threw it on there. It was over. Uh, weight and he put overweight uh, or heavy and fragile on on this case and then he said throw everything you got on here so we started piling them on I mean on the scale we're piling all of our bags at the same time heavy you know fragile heavy fragile heavy fragile heavy and we get done and he goes hey man are you a Christian and we said yeah we're Christians he goes me too God bless you everything's sorted and we were like what just happened and so um It wasn't until being home later on, a few months later, that our father, my father-in-law, her dad said, you should probably look up his name. His name was Eliezer. The New Testament name is Lazarus. But in the Hebrew, it means the Lord is my help. And that was the guy who wiped the scale that day. Well, it didn't get less crazy after that because we're flying to London and we don't know where we're staying, how we're getting around, how we're paying for gas and how we're paying for food. We only know we're playing music.
1: And when we landed, we just felt this dark heaviness. cloud. It was heavy. I mean, England was just a different animal. We even got detained. Well, that was us. the thing.
0: We got detained because <laughs> we didn't have any money in our accounts.
1: Well, and somebody in our team like didn't, made the mistake and didn't said, know where we're, we're staying. here. We don't have jobs. We're just coming as missionaries. One of the young, <laughs> kids,
0: of them young kids just said, uh, we don't have any money and we don't know where we're staying. And uh, yeah. they, they're like, you're going back to America. Right. And so all of a sudden, though, we're we're logging into our email, and sure enough, there's too many buses waiting for you. Mm-hmm. Here's the addresses you're staying. We're paying for your food. We're paying for your fuel. The guy's name was Phil Pachonis. It's uh it's very interesting now to be 43 and 42. Mm-hmm. Phil has passed away. A boy has passed away. A lot of our friends have been in a lot of pain since that. Um, but as Landon would say, like there was before the road life and then there was after the road life, but the road life defined our life. Mm -hmm. Like there's always a yearning for, Hey, whatever you want, man. And sometimes we realize that we kind of get stuck back into the doing it like in a safe way. Mm -hmm. But the beauty of how we've learned to live is we just want to follow. We just want to go. We want to do whatever you want us to do. And so
1: We'd stay up late night drinking Black Death coffee. That's what yeah. Phil would make. Eat Rice Krispies with, you know, our friends.
0: Play music all around North Devon in the UK and um, play in places that R.C. Chapman and Spurgeon had been and old leaders uh, that we, we read and respected. And and yet it was dark and there was, we had spells put on our our vehicle, we had sunny side up eggs one morning with rocks with rocks sticks. on there. And we found out that those were witches that were trying to kill, kill us. And yeah, um, our team was having a hard time being unified with all the heaviness going on. And, and yet there was just this beauty of just serving people playing music. And, and, and it was hard. It was very hard. Um, but I remember like our kids got lice and that was a whole episode <laughs> and our kids are it's scarred. Like plague. Yeah. It, it Kids could go to school with lice, and so it would go run through the school, and it ran through our kids. And um,
1: we had it for three weeks, and I was wanting to rip my own hair out.
0: It was bad, but I didn't have any hair, so it was fine for me.
1: I didn't have it; I didn't get it, but the kids got it
0: because you had too much product, is what I heard. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So wear moose. Where <laughs> moose kills <laughs> lice or keeps you. Their little
1: lewd feet can't stick to your moose hair. You
0: remember that moment. And so, you know, I, uh, babe, I think we'll stop right here and we'll do a part two. Um, But if you're out there and you're like, listen to this, that's just a little piece of the story. There were uh,
1: more beautiful
0: days and there were harder days because after all of that, story that we'll, we'll unpack next time. Um, there were more miracles from there to Austria, back to, to America, and then there were harder days for like 10 years. And
1: and still miracles in the hard
0: yeah, days. Still miracles, but it wasn't like we were drifting in, in in the current or blown by the wind. It was as if we were in mud. And uh, I had many hard days, many days that you had to be patient over where I was depressed and didn't know it and uh, burnout and didn't understand it. And so if you've heard all this, you're like, man, that's some crazy stuff. We haven't really unpacked all of it in a lot of ways. But we, we just celebrated 21 years of marriage, almost 25 years of knowing each other. We've seen the best and the worst of each other we've done parenting good and bad we've done marriage good and bad we've led in churches good and bad we've experienced the the highest of moments and the lowest of moments Um, we failed real good and we feel like we've succeeded all right at times but um we pray that our story is just a reminder that jesus is so kind and so caring and and seeking us to draw close to him and uh We pray that it spurs you on to to say yes. I don't know if you have anything else before we we cut this and then Mm -mm. do it again. I'll make sure to tell you that it's video next time. Thanks. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, Anything else? I know you said no, but. Mm
1: -mm.
0: Well, thanks for listening to part of our story. The reason why we added this to the Everyday Ordinary deal is because this has been our Everyday Ordinary for 21 years going on 25 years of, of friendship and in relationship and um all the extraordinary things have happened happened in the normal it was just the next thing in front of the next thing in front of the next thing and I don't think we were super cool or special we were just willing no. to say
1: yes and I think that that's one thing that yeah maybe if I were to say anything it would just be to emphasize that that. But- We were just available with hands open, but like the weakest of vessels, the nothing special, just wanting to see the Lord glorified and, um, and say yes to whatever he had and even willing to take shots and look dumb to a lot of people. So it's not that he's given us, he has given us crazy favor, but I believe he gives that to anyone who's just available, you know? So,
0: well, thanks for joining us. Thanks for hanging with us, and we look forward to giving you round two or three, depending on how far this goes. But uh, we're, we're, um, we're looking forward to letting you see us as we really are and inviting you into the simple things of Jesus. He's beautiful and he's worthy. Thank you so much. Peace.